Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Woodman Corner. I'm Matt Kendrick and this week we've got a brilliant interview with former baggy striker Gary Thompson for you. Tom owes great value with some cracking stories of his time at the Hawthorns in the mid-1980s. He tells us how he got into football as a kid at Coventry, shares his candid views on the racism he faced and reveals how he had to earn the respect of the senior pros at Albion. Take my word for it, it's all fascinating stuff. Remember, you can subscribe to Woodman Corner on iTunes and Audio Boom, and don't forget to leave a glowing rating. In the meantime, here's Tomo. I started off by asking him how his career began. Well, Gary, we'll kick off yeah. in the very beginning. Not the very beginning, the day you were born, but the day that you kind of found your way into football for a living, really. Tell us, tell us how, it, how it came about. I started playing football as a, as a I've got four brothers and a sister, all sporting family like. My sister, um, she ran for England. My, my brother is a commander, Marine commander. Um, my other brother, we, we passed when Villa the year, Villa got promotion. And my little brother played for Coventry. Uh, we played for Coventry, he lives in Spain, played for Spain as well, Keith. So, like, we'd always play football. And I was, uh, I went the smallest, but uh, I was like the weediest one. And nice to try and get in the game. They wouldn't let me in the game. I'd say to my mum, well, what you do at eight years of age, you start crying to your mum. She said, let him play. So let me play. But they used to boot me all over the place. Hence, years later, people kind of used to think I was really tough. But it was only because I've been brutalised as a child. <laughs> so like, yeah, I started then. Um, I went to, I, I became pretty good because that's all I did. Played football with my brothers, went down the park, played football down the park, went to school, played football at school. And then um, we played at uh, a school Maypole Miners or whatever I played and I you know you're all standing at the beginning and someone goes who's your best player and it was oh Tom who's your best player and there was this like blonde haired giant and we're all like there's no way he's 11 anyway this kid plays and he plays midfield and I used to play midfield breaking forward because basically I'd do everything corners free kicks to the full bit and this kid everything I did he had an answer for so in the end like I've got one last resort which is violence I tried to beat him up he beat me up so uh I, I talk about it for a few days, but you get back into it, into the football, forget all about it. Huh? I walk into Bramwood School, and I joined Bramwood because uh, my brothers went to Weeds Lane. I went to Bramwood because it was a sporting school. Bob Latchford was there, all the Latchford brothers and that, and the Stewarts. I walk in, and there's this kid there. So I look at this kid, and I know you, Paul Dyson. <laughs> so Paul Dyson and me become best mates for the next four or five years. We are best mates, do everything together. We're the top players each year and all yeah. that. And then Paul gets picked for England schoolboys. He, he doesn't make it, but he should have, been, should have made it. Then uh, Coventry City coming for him. I'm playing for Warwickshire with uh, Paul and Andy Blair. And uh, Coventry come to see us three or four times. Never seen anything in me, even though I was scoring all the goals and letting everybody know it was me. And um, they said to Paul one day, you got any good mates? And he just said to me, do you want to come down? Went down to Coventry, trained um, for a week on, on a holiday. And then um, that's me come back again. In the summer, that's me to go down for the six week holiday. Did and I shot up. I ended up playing. That's I was 15. I ended up playing in the reserves at 15. My main centre forward got injured. I played in the reserves, scored, did okay. All of a sudden, I've gone from being what might be, and then all of a sudden, like I'm like one of the favourite kids. Like by now, what are we early 80s? Yeah. And is it still fair to say that black players are in the minority there? Yeah. There's not going to be. There's not going to be a great deal of black players playing. Conchio, Danny Thomas, and myself. Um, West Brom had three um, with Laurie and Cyril and Brendan but there wasn't many black players there'd be one black player David Bennett and um, Gary Bennett were Man City there weren't many black players playing at all but the ones that were were making a name for themselves but you go away to certain places and you get dogs abuse but even 
the year Gully got promoted, which is 88, yeah. we go to Middlesbrough, and there's myself and Andy Gray, the black Andy Gray, and we're, uh, we get off the coach, and at Ayrson, as it was, or whatever, there's just loads of fans. You get off the coach, you're coming through the fans, and people go, you sign that, mister? Every time I sign something, someone boots me. Sign again, someone boots me. It's happened three times, and in the end, I'm gonna sign, and I was like that. And then uh, there was a lad like that, but there was all people milling around, and he tried to get away, and I went, like, try to grab him. And the old Bill Con, this is before the game, grabbed him, he's like, you do it, causing trouble. Well, you just <laughs> booted me. But that sort of thing, you go on, you get, you just get, you get abused. Um, it was usually um, the opposition. When I first started the Coventry, there was a guy called Robert Ralph who uh, he got he got famous for not refusing to sell his house to Indians, and uh, I think he lived in Leamington. And there's a big thing about it. Anyway, before Coventry games, he'd be handing out leaflets. Now I don't know this because I'm obviously in the dressing room. Don't don't cheer for the black the black boy. He's a, a tool of the Jews or something. This is what I've been told ever since. Like, and um, there used to be a guy Frank. I can't remember his last name. He used to write for the Daily Mirror and he was the voice of football for the Daily Mirror. He took up the article. On the day, people only know these leaflets are <laughs> my, my old lady and my mum, typical West Indian woman, leaflet, sorry, frittle. So she's like, I've got to have one of them. Geezer's turn went to give it and realised it's uh, not trying to pull it back. My mum's trying to pull it. She's read what it is. She's got the umbrella out. So, so then he sees it and he wrote, he wrote the article and then... Uh, I come in after the game, I come through and what's it? And he had a chat with me and he said about the racial abuse and played Ipswich, but I scored the equaliser. And he said, Does it bother you? I said, To be honest, I can't hear it. When I'm playing, I'm playing, I can hear my teammates, and if I score, then you sort of open up and you can hear it. But I said, Generally, I don't hear a lot. I said, What it worries me sometimes with my girlfriend or my mum, people can hear some abuse, but generally, I'm playing, I don't. And I know it really hurts them if they give me abuse and then I score or we win the game or whatever. So, but yeah. Early 80s, it was still quite, um, not even aggressive, but it was a, a racial time. There was, was a lot of racial abuse lying around. Like. So you, you left Coventry, you go to Albion, probably reluctantly yeah, at yeah. first, but did that soon change? Did you, did you, you soon enjoy your, enjoy your time there? So I drove around the ground three times, um, didn't want to go in, um, signed, and so I go down for the first day. I do the same again, I don't want to, don't want to go in go in and like uh, walk straight in and um, Dave Matthews God rest his soul he's the kit man first guy I see Gary Thompson who's signing um, where, where do I go because if someone as loud as myself I'm quite shy when I first meet people yeah. like feel me way in like Dave Matthews well. he says uh, yeah he says uh, you're number one let me go and show you where you're where you're, you're placed, your places so I walk through in the, I walk in the dressing room now I know everybody's looking at me Walk in, all right? all right. I ain't looking at anybody, but I'm just saying, all right. And he takes me to number one. So I've got a bomber jacket, leather bomber jacket. Take me bomber off. Went to hang it up. There's a banana hanging over the peg. When I hang it up, I knock the banana off. I went, yeah, good. But I want to get changed quickly. Get myself changed in that life. Derek Statham. Now I was with the under twenty ones with Gary Owen, so I knew Gary Owen well. I knew Steve McKenzie. I didn't really know many of the others. I'd just been booted by Alan Robin and all them. Like, so Statham walks by. And he goes, uh, big man, I want to tell you this, John Wilde hates the brothers. He seen who did that. <laughs> so I'm like, first day. So John Wilde is there for three weeks after that. And then he goes to be a player coach at Peterborough. Every day in training, I could, I would kick him. 
make a point of kicking. And John Wiles is a toughest man alive, he don't matter to yeah. but it, it makes me feel better. I'm kicking like. 25, 30 years later, I'm sitting at a table, Coventry, I'm Coventry, West Brom beat Villa. Villa beat um, Chelsea 3 0. It's a couple of seasons ago at uh, the Hawthorns. And um, I think Mourinho's a gaffer. They beat him 3 0 anyway. John Wiles on the table with me, my wife, came on cab. We were chatting, doing all that, but I still got this thing about Wiley and that. And he's polite, he's lovely. He's chatting away, laughing and joking and all that. I do a do about six weeks later and I'm telling the story to Ali Rob. And he laughs and that. I says, funny, because you're wild and like tight and that. And Ali Rob is top, top bloke. He says, I thought you'd have realised that was staying them all day. He just does that stuff to wipe people up. So I've been carrying this 30 year grudge with John Wiley. Like, you don't stay them again. But yeah, I'll go to the Albion. That, that's my first day. I go in training, I do the training. Gary Owen knows me, and Gary Owen said to him, listen, when, the, uh, when Tom gets his feet on the table, he'll start wanting to have three funnies and throw a little bit in like, do not laugh. So like, first day, do the training, come in. And we used to have the massive big bass and all that. So we were sitting there, all like, like sticks and all that. And Owen and David Stane used to hold court about the training session, who had a shocker and who, oh, what did you do in that game? And it was funny, as I'd be sitting there like, and they say things about people, and I'd go, yeah, what about when he did that? Everyone's been laughing. Everyone's like, <laughs> so I wait a bit, and I try another funny like nothing. And then I just waited five minutes. I knew if I walked it out, then they'd have me. So I waited five minutes. Took me time. Got into the bath. Got out of the bath. Got in the shower. Got in the car. Went home. Said my missus, he hit me. And I was like that for about three weeks. And then uh, I also when I made my debut, um, it was Pat Jennings' thousandth game for Arsenal. So we have to clap him on the pitch. Oh, fuck yeah, nice one, Pat. Clap him on the pitch. Ball gets played to me, and Geezer reminded me about this uh, last year at the Albion. <laughs> this is a ball gets played to me, uh, inside right channel, cleaning in on goal. So I'm burying it on goal. Pat James is coming out. He's like, fuck, Pat's giving it one of them. I see him coming. Ball bobbles a little bit. I chip him. <laughs> Try and chip Pat James. Little did I know, Pat James give it that with the hands and didn't move. So I chipped the ball right straight to his hands. He went, unlucky big man. Threw the ball out the other way. And I was like, oh, they're going to hate me plus the fact that they didn't laugh when I spoke um, I was suspended for the first game when I joined and then when I played my, my debut that was the Arsenal second game was Luton Town me and Paul Elliott had a colossal battle against each other coming up full time <coughs> Ron Wiley's whole team talk he was the manager was how was and I was excited and he just ripped me for about 15 minutes and I'm thinking he's saying this because he loves me and he wants me to be better but it got a little bit. I mean, even the lads at the end, we had, he walked out, slammed the door, and even some of the lads went, Big man, he killed you there, didn't he? So that was me opening a few weeks in the Albion. I'm like, dear God, this, this, I've come from not a utopia, but if I made a run, players played into my chest and my feet, balls crossed in the box, it was beautiful. We'd take out of each other. It was just like being at school. I left school and joined another school. Go to the Albion, and they are good players. But it's not the same sort of feel about it. I'm getting ripped. I'm being ignored. And then it's going on, the manager hates me. So I'm like, this can't get any better than it, any worse. Like, we play again. The next game, Albion play um, Ipswich at home. Within five, we're playing against Butcher and Osman, me and Cyril. Within five minutes, ball gets played. I, I can't remember how I got it, but I think it was half a back pass. I've read it, come around the keeper, put it in. And there's a picture, I say iconic, because it is for me. Like, I'm standing <laughs> in the awful, I was giving it a bigger, like, 
and they're all riding rows to me, and she was coming up after me. We beat them four two, and from then I was off and running. And like I always, always loved it that the Hawthorns playing there. I just felt always score. I'm gonna score here. I loved the way they treated me. I I love being there. When, once I got there and started scoring goals, and Alan Robin insists we go out every week, every Wednesday. I love the social scene. It was close to where I lived. Where would you go then? We go Liberties. We go Liberty Roads. Liberties on a Wednesday, Bellair on a Monday. Um, there was we. Uh, there was a guy called Mick Kelly who was Ron's assistant who was the worst coach you've ever met <laughs> he, he was in England squad he's with um, Rodson and all that part yeah. of that London Mafia he just used to he had a big Rolex so anyone argued with him he'd roll his sleeves oh my f- Rolex I'm going to fight people like <laughs> but he loved me and like you know, scoring goals things are going well but he's always fighting with everybody and Cyril's the nicest man in the world Cyril don't really he's not really having it but he loves me Kelly like so I like, I, we used to go we used to go there but we wouldn't go after uh, after a, a Wednesday night but our social scene was brilliant and like I say the, the lads with Stadium Stadium's brilliant funniest man ever best player I've ever played with uh, Martin Yole came there probably the dirtiest man I've ever played with and I can put it about <laughs> Romeo Zondervan was there Martin Bennett another tough guy Alice Alan Robinson a brilliant organiser defensively but as a bloke got the whole crew together um, Nicky Cross He'd become a really good mate of mine. Um, Clive Whitehead, who years later had I realised I just, but wherever, if I left Clive, I'd just take him with me because Clive used to just throw crosses in for me to head in. So, like, I, I, had, I had it off at West Brom, so I, there's no real reason for me to go. There's, you know, I didn't want to go. I, I liked it there. I was close to Birmingham. I was living in Coventry, Brinkler, but I was close, close. I could go out, have a good time. No one was following you. You could do what you wanted. It was brilliant. I was scoring goals. And the Albion, didn't do that well in the time I was there but with the players you had you kept looking Mackenzie and all them you kept thinking this is going to get better it's going to get better and in the end Johnny Giles come in and uh, he, he wasn't having me from day one and um, I think that he sold Cyril to Coventry I think by the window and the following the summer he sold me where are we now what year are we now this is 84 84, 85 so you've gone from Albion to Sheffield no I'm, I'm still at Albion and obviously, you know, put it up. We have to come back. <laughs> but uh, I'm still at the Albion. I'll just tell you this one quickly. Um, we're at the Albion, and uh, I have scored. I was top scorer for the two seasons I was there. I'm scoring goals. I'm loving it. But Giles, he comes in, and he's not, he's not really having me. He called me over one day, and he said, uh, we got beat by Luton in the um, quarterfinals of the FA Cup. No, Watford it was, sorry. Quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And we should never have been beaten. I'd been kicked in the face on the, on the Wednesday. Bill Addison boot, booted me in the mouth. I was concussed. They taught me to play on the Saturday with 15 stitches in my mouth. But I'm running. I, could, I can't even move. I'm feeling it. Giles, he pulls me on the Monday. I think he, that was his first game. Pulls me on the Monday. And uh, I think Watford. There's some team that should never have been in so far, but they played us in the course. And... Um, he pulls me in, he says, oh, game lad, he says, you know, I've got a few goals, you run around. Yeah, yeah. How are you mouth then? I said, well, they said if I get a whack in it again, I'll end up with plastic surgery, so I'm best to give it a few days and that's it. It's not going to ruin your looks though, is it? That's the fair. <laughs> right, okay, we have a... And this is, uh, do you remember Mick Jones? <laughs> he said, I thought, he used to play with Sheffield United, went to Leeds, broke his collarbone in the... Um, that's the final cup final against Arsenal, didn't it? I said, yeah, played on proper centre forward, played with Sniffer Clark and that. 
But he went, yeah, he was a good centre forward. Walked off. So I'm like, <laughs> so I tell the lads, and they're like, oh, you're not going to be here that long. Because like, all the time, they used to have a run a book in the, in the, in the jet, um, dugout. Because in them days, you only have one stop. Yeah. But the others would be sitting around, and they'd say, how long before they were the best, how long before he started slaughtering me or Nicky Cross? First ball got, Give it all that like. And I'd be like, carry on, Nicky Cross, Nicky's a lovely fella, but he'd be at the turbos like, so people would be like, as soon as behind his back, they'd be like, so they'd have the bet, they'd make the money and that. I've scored these goals, you're gonna see Charlesy. Top scorer, Arsenal are in for me, QPR are in for me, Sheffield Wednesday, um, there's fucking loads of clubs. Not in any rush to go anywhere now, because I'm thinking, well, a clever man, when he's doing well, like he stays where he's doing yeah. well, just gets more money, where he just gets yeah. rewarded for doing well. So I don't particularly want to go anywhere. I want to play for England. I feel I've scored enough goals. I mean, there's me, Bannister and Chris Waddle um, earlier that, that year, and we're talking to each other, because I've known Chris since he was a kid at Coventry, Bannister, and they're both at Newcastle. It's a Christmas, isn't it? They're talking and they said, oh yeah, England B squad and the full squad's coming up and that. Yeah, we've been told that three of us, two of us are going to be getting call-ups and that. So me being the shy retiring fellow, I said, which one is going to be playing in the B squad then? <laughs> and they were, we were laughing that like, little realising that Bannister played B, one will play for the full side, and they're still waiting. <laughs> A big thanks to Tomo for taking us on an interesting wonder down memory lane. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Audioboom, and don't forget to leave a glowing rating. Until next time, you've been listening to Woodman Corner with me, Matt Kendrick. Try a bit. Thank you.